0: And welcome to the Matt Burnier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Burnier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, March the second, two thousand twenty three. It's episode one fifty one of the show. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, in the and on the In the Money Media YouTube channel. However you listen, please rate review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, five star rating, one star rating. I don't give a shit. Just just leave a rating. It it goes a long way. It helps Uh, with PTF and Drew and and everybody uh, kind of trying to sell some stuff, so uh, the more the merrier, the reviews, the ratings X, Y, and Z, however you listen wherever you listen, Uh, I apologize for any background noise, I'm at Logan Airport waiting to catch a flight to Miami for Fountain of Youth weekend down at Gulfstream Park I'll be down there with FanDuel TV, no NBC this weekend, but I will uh, run into my, my compatriot, Nick Luck who is, uh who's in town, to take care of the first Saturday show that's going coast-to-coast with the Coast-to-Coast Pick 5. Uh, It'll all be wrapped up in that one show on NBC or CNBC. I don't know what network they're on this week. But I am there for FanDuel, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, assuming it doesn't get scooped before then. Should have a massive Rainbow Six uh, mandatory payout. So that'll be something else to look forward to after the big day on Saturday is purely because I'm on a bit of a time crunch and I have to record something with PTF at 4 o'clock. It's 3.29 Eastern. Um, I'm only going to go over the Santa Anita prep, the San Felipe and the Holy Bull, uh, the Holy Bull, Jesus, the Fountain of Youth down at Gulfstream. I know there are two other races where points are, are on, the, on the table, but um, these are the only two that I've done a, a fairly deep dive into. And I, I don't have a value line just yet. Again, it's, it's going to be a, a matter of trying to just cram and get as much done in a short amount of time as possible. Also, uh, something to throw out there for programming. No, I will be on the Sport of King's Pot this week uh, with Chris Larmy and Scott Carson talking about the late pick five on Saturday at Gulfstream. So lots going on this weekend. Big day of racing on Saturday, coast to coast. Um, big contest happening down at Gulfstream and at Santa Anita as well, if you're so inclined. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on the two fields, the San Felipe and the Fountain of Youth. I don't have a value line, but I think they're two good races, and I know I've said it each of the past two weeks. I'm expecting to see someone, anyone, really step forward and say, look, I'm I'm a force to be reckoned. And maybe it's as simple as it's the two-year-old champion making his three-year-old debut in forte for, for Pletcher and Arad and Rapoli and company. We'll find out first things first though let's talk about the san felipe out at santa anita it's in the middle of the card on big cap day in arcadia all right we begin out on the west coast 527 eastern race number six it is the grade two san felipe a mile on the 16th on the main track for three-year-olds there are derby points on the line all of the horses that were with baffert for this race anyway are now with tim yachtin so they are all eligible to earn points I think it's a good field. It's a big full field, which is refreshing for what we see now in Southern California. Um, something that must have changed in the hour car ride from where I live to the airport is the six crypto ride is listed as a scratch according to DRF's Formulator product. So I'm just going to go right in post position order. I understand, you know, maybe this isn't the most in-depth piece. Um, I'm also going to talk about this race for the live stream that PTF is doing on Saturday. That's going to be recorded here shortly. But you'll get a little bit of a heads-up, or an earlier thought anyway, of how I'm looking at this race and how I may go ahead playing it. The one chase the chaos. I got to see this horse a few weeks ago up at Golden Gate when he won the Alcumino Real Derby. He was 4-1 to one that day. He's a, I think he's a, a very good horse. I mean, he's done nothing wrong. He's never been out of the money in six lifetime starts. Goes out for Ed Moger Jr., Armando Arusso, uh in town to ride, going making the trip down south. Uh, you know, the, the question really for this one is, can he stand up on dirt? The career debut, I don't want to really hold that against him or try to draw conclusions from that. Six and a half furlongs on a mighty track at Canterbury. But beyond that, he's run on synth and on turf. He's got a big finish. He had a really good setup in that Al Camino. The pace was wicked that day. I thought he settled nicely toward the back of the pack and he got a good run, good trip, all things considered. But he still ran well. The question now is, how does he handle the dirt? One. That's probably the most important piece. But two, how does he class up? Because he's taking on a wildly different group for what it's worth. I mean, think about Gilmore, who was, what would you have called him in Baffert's bunch? C string? You know, he ran second in that race, and I think there were good horses in there. But, you know, Harson, I still think, has some potential for Steve Sherman. You know, 12 to 1 on the morning line for Chase the Chaos doesn't really do me anything. I will say, though, if he handles the surface, The pace looks like it's gonna be a spirited one, so he should have something to run at. I know it's Santa Anita on the main track. I'm always harping on two-turn races. You need to be close. Uh, Maybe Saturday's the day in in a race like this where, man, I can't help but think this thing is gonna be pretty ballistic early on. If it is, maybe Chase the Chaos can come and and at the very least pick up some pieces underneath. Uh, National Treasure, three to one. This is also the first time I've seen the morning light for the race. Again, goes out for Tim Yachtin's barn. You know, I'll I'll just be completely straightforward with everyone. I've I'm just not really a fan of this horse. Um, I do know through folks that Baffert thought very highly of this horse as a two year old, and some of the figs that he earned, and some of the races he ran were good. You know, second in the Grade One American Pharaoh behind Cave Rock, third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile behind Forte and Cave Rock. And he comes back and he runs third behind Reincarnate and Newgate. Newgate came back and won his next start. Reincarnate just ran a solid enough third last weekend in Arkansas. So he's he's good and the figs are there. But two things to point out. His only win to date has come going six and a half furlongs, one turn. And his only win to date came in gate-to-wire fashion. And if he's gonna make the front in here, Johnny V's gonna have to ride the hair off of him because I think this is gonna be an unreal pace early on. Three to one on the morning line, absolutely nothing for me um i won't be using him i'm gonna put out a a coast-to-coast pick five ticket on the nbc broadcast even though i'm not on it um this weekend and i I just to me he's if he wins i lose i'll tip my cap and say good on you but i he does nothing for me in this race uh practical move i think this is a a talented horse this is one that has been with yacht team from jump He won the Grade 2 Low South Futurity back in December. We haven't seen him since. But I think he's got the right running style for this race. I guess the concern would be, what do you think he beat in that Low South Futurity? But that was only the second time he's ever gone two turns. And I know he's run behind, you know, Fort Bragg and National Treasure, who he'll run into again here in this race. But I I think he's moving the right way. The problem I have is, and maybe he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, but 4-1 just seems very short. Um, in a race that I think is very competitive, and you can make cases for more than a handful, and I guess there is a little bit of concern about how far does he want to go. Mile the sixteenth, though, I don't think is really a problem for the Practical Jokes. But Practical Move, I think he's a good horse, and I'm he's probably the one that I'm most curious to see what we get on Saturday. Um, I guess Chase the Chaos fits that. But you know what? I shouldn't say that. I think there are many in here that I'm I'm fascinated to see what version of them shows up. Practical Move, though, I do think he's a a legitimate win contender in a race like this. Bluegrass Go-Go, 50-1 on the morning line for Doug O'Neill. Uh, the Blinkers come off for the first time. They stretch him out in distance for the first time. He's still a maiden. Uh, I, I just, I mean, he's slow on paper. If, if he wins, I would probably say you throw this entire race out. Uh, I'd probably say the same thing for Genius Jimmy. I know he's a little bit faster when he broke his maiden last time out, going gate to wire. It was first time Blinkers, so we did see a, a market improvement, but... I, you know, again, if, if I think there's legitimate quality in here, should the, the turf runner who's career-best fig of 79 be the, you know, the one that... Is, is he really the best of the best? I'd, I'd be stunned. Uh, he's not for me. Hijazi, another former Baffert, now Yachtin. Broke the maiden last time out, gate-to-wire fashion. He was great in stakes place in the American Pharaoh in his last start prior to that. I have a a nagging suspicion that this horse ends up being more sprint than route, or one turn than route, let's put it that way. Um, The mare was, meh, she was fine in New York, she was more of a turfy type, but she didn't really do a great deal. You take a look at some of the siblings, there's only two right now that have run, they're both better off going shorter than longer and you look at the second dam seeking the ante her best runs came going one turn so I, I have nothing else to go on other than just a, a gut feel I, I have a feeling Kajazi is better one turn or shorter than longer than two turns and again purely a, purely a gut feel he's 7-2 to in the morning line I would be fading him as well go rocket ride 5-1 to one for Mandela and Pratt. I, I've talked about it many times. I hate the the thought or the notion of a turn of foot on dirt. It's it's an optical illusion. Everyone is slowing down on dirt. I do think there was a bit of a, a unique case that this horse actually did kick away at the end of his debut going six furlongs where he quickened at the end of the run. His final two-eighths, or I guess two-eighths, his final quarter, but specifically the, the two eighths themselves, uh, twelve fifty-four and twelve thirty-six, according to Formulator. So he actually did pick up the pace going away, and visually you could actually see it. Um, I think he's a little green, but the talent is there. And for someone like Mandela to throw him right into the deep end on the heels of, of nothing more than a maiden score, going short, I think speaks volumes to what the connections think about him. The runner-up came back and broke the maiden next out. believe somewhere around a 79 or an 80 buyer um you know go rocket ride I think is is really intriguing to me the biggest factor that he plays I mean he could certainly win this race but you would assume he's on the lead the concern if you like him is how much pace is he pressure is he taking early on because they're going to go you would assume he gets confronted going into the far turn with about a half mile left to run and that's when you're going to have the question asked what what's left in the tank, if anything. Five to one? Uh, I go back and forth. I'd probably want a little more than that if I'm just, again, spitballing off the top of my head. Maybe closer to six, seven, eight. Similar to a stretch-out horse we'll talk about in the Fountain of Youth. Um, yeah, so go rocket ride. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you won. I think the talent's there. Fort Bragg is, is kind of the buzz horse. Um... He ran well enough as a two-year-old. I didn't think he did anything spectacular. Goes out for yacht team now for the first time. He's been training well leading into this. Uh, and I like that sort of steady progression. I know those works all came, or majority came, with, under Baffert's care. But, you know, half mile to five-eighths to six to six to six. I mean, fitness is not going to be a problem for this horse. It's just does he have his head screwed on, right? Has he matured at all as a three-year-old? Um, If you get the eight, yeah, I mean, I I guess that's certainly appealing. I'm not convinced you'll get the eight, but then again, it's a big, bulky field, and and there are enough other options that maybe some others, you know, bump his price up a little bit higher than maybe it should be. He's not my pick in here, but I could certainly see it, especially if you think he's going to be able to successfully stay within shouting distance of the front, but also uh, we've seen that he will pass a horse, which you can't say about some of the others. Skinner will pass a horse. There's no question about that. Uh, goes out for Cher. Broke the maiden in his last start. His first start as a three-year-old. They threw him into the deep end a couple times as a two-year-old. And, and he, didn't, he didn't really pass the test. But to be fair, they were asking a lot of him. He comes back in his three-year-old debut. And he blew the doors off of the field. He made this wicked move while well, wide. That doesn't typically work at Santa Anita. Now, I guess the, the question would be... You know, you look at the rest of the field. Specifically, Riverside. I'm talking about the field that he beat. No one's come back out of that yet. But Riverside is the kind of horse that just kind of runs the same race each and every time. His All of his route races, 67, 72, 83, 73, 73. So if you use that as sort of the, the gauge, you know, the 95 stacks up. And, and again, I don't know. I haven't looked at the the day Um, looking at it right now, there was one other route race run it was a a mile for, for maiden claimers all I'm suggesting is to have each of the top four runners run career best figs including Tex the Legend who in his first three starts went 63, 68, 69 what the hell happened for him to jump from a 69 to an 89 That'd be my only thing that I would throw out there as a, a point of caution. Uh, yellow brick, I could see the forward move, 75, 77, 89 in the third lifetime start, and I don't get it. Um, earned an 84 in the debut, had a miserable, he, he can't get out of the gate, but he can run a little bit, and an 88 in second start. So, you know, is it, is it crazy? No, but it would just be the one thing I would throw out there as a point of caution. For anybody that's just, like, diving deep into him, he's 5-1. to one. I don't, from what I'm seeing and hearing, I don't think he's 5-1. to one. I think he goes off as, as arguably the, I don't know if he's the favorite, but maybe second choice. He's going to be close to it. He's going to take money in here. Um, but he looked great winning that last race. And if he can do it again against better horses, he is in with a big chance. And then we get to the horse that I was just intrigued enough by to, you know, all say he's going to be my pick in here. That's Mr. Fisk. Another former Baffert, now Yacht Um Yeah, he's light on figs, but guess what? A, a lot of horses in here need to improve. If you're just using, you know, National Treasures, mid-90s, sort of the, this, the, the measuring stick. Mr. Fisk hasn't run since January 2nd. The biggest problem for this horse is he, he's not mentally there yet. If you watch him, he runs in spots. He starts and stops. You watch his ears, watch the body language. The riders have to ask him a little bit to start moving. He's just kind of going up and down, and then all of a sudden, when he gets into the clear, he really kicks. Um, I, th- I think there's ability here. This horse might not be ready for this on Saturday, you know, being completely straightforward. Uh, this might be a, a, a bridge you know, too far for him in his fourth lifetime start. But his last two runs, he ran down Harlecap who's a, a solid horse and he exploded late in the second lifetime start the first route to only finish three quarters of a length behind reincarnate. so I think Mr. Fisk can run I think 15 to one's fair I, I think less than that would be fair I wouldn't go much less than 10 which again for those of you that, that have never really made a line or trying to estimate the probability of a runner's chances based on odds a 10-to-1 chance is roughly a 9% likelihood. So if they run the race 100 times, do I think he can win 9 of them? Yeah, absolutely. You pick up Tory because Hernandez is on one of the other runners, which is fine. He's on Fort Bragg. That doesn't bother me. Um, I, I can't overstate this, and I'm sure people that just look at picks are going to look at it, especially if he doesn't run well, and say, oh, well, well, idiot. No. I'm acknowledging he may not be ready for this, but I think he's shown enough in the two routes... And the pace scenario, I think, is going to work to his advantage. That I I think there's something here. Maybe he ends up being a summer three-year-old. But I want to give him a chance here at a big price. So I'm going to pick Mr. Fisk in the San Felipe. um, Acknowledging there are other likelier win candidates. Uh, But I I think Mr. Fisk offers enough from a value standpoint in a race that I think is very competitive. That you can make cases for almost the entire field. um, That I just want to take a price. Tim Yachtin, Frankie Dettori, I'm on the 11. Mr. Fisk in the San Felipe. And the nightcap at Gulfstream on Saturday. It's the grade two Fountain of Youth, a mile and a sixteenth main track, three year olds. It's the exact same sort of thing as the San Felipe, just on the East Coast. Um, and oddly enough, it will go off after the San Felipe, East Coast going after the West Coast. Uh, right in post position order. This race to me is not nearly as fascinating. Um, because I think it's it's more the haves than the have-nots, but it's still an intriguing race. General Jim, 6-1 to one for Suge. You know, he, he took a big step forward on Figs in that swale. I thought it was a bit peculiar they didn't run him that day in the Holy Bull, but maybe it was just sort of a means to an end to get him here to this spot. Um, they paid a lot of money for him. He inched away at the end of that run. I thought he looked good. I think the inside draw probably helps him, but boy, I think he's got a lot that he's going to need to improve upon. And also, you know, I know workouts aren't the end all be all, but he, there's nothing published since February 18th. That's, that's a pretty healthy layoff leading into a race like this, of this caliber. Uh, general Jim's not for me at six to one legacy Isle, Rohan Crichton blinkers come off. He's shown speed in all of his starts for the most part. I know he has fin- sat and finished, but, uh, I don't think he's a, a two-turn type. I had it written in the, the notes in that mutual macho man that he got DQ'd from and placed second. I can't imagine longer is going to be better for him. Uh, I thought he ran pretty poorly, all things considered, in the Holy Bull. He was on his left lead then as well. He never changed leads really at all in any of his starts for the most part. Um, he's not for me at twenty to one. Shadow Dragon at twelve to one. Shadow Dragon and Rocket Can. I can say the exact same thing about the two. They both ran really well in the Holy Bull. The fig came back light. If you like Rocket Can, I think you should like Shadow Dragon more. And the logic is, yeah, they were both coming off of a layoff, but Shadow Dragon had never gone two turns, and he had never run against Open Company. He'd run against New York Brits. And the pace was dawdling in the Holy Bowl, big picture, especially the interior fractions. When Shadow Dragon really started to ramp things up, Rocket Can, meanwhile, yes, he carried a great deal of ground, but he was in a, a pretty advantageous position, perched out in the clear, stalking the pace. Uh, if I needed to pick one of the mots, I would pick Shadow Dragon coming out of the race. Um, because he'll be a better price. And I think all things considered, he can take a, a bigger step forward here. Maybe the Rocket can. can uh, But having said that, I just don't really want the Holy Bowl. Forte. Seven to five on the morning line. He's a two-year-old champion, he's four for five lifetime. Uh, part of me selfishly, if the horse that I'm picking and hopefully betting doesn't win I hope Forte wins and I hope he wins convincingly. To to finally satiate my appetite for somebody to just step up and say you know, enough of this shit. So like I'm here now. We're not gonna take turns beating one another. We're not gonna see ridiculous things unfold and you know, a big favorite's bomb and this, that, and the other. Uh, but the beauty of a horse like this in a race like this is, he's going to get bet probably, I don't wanna say heavier than he should, because he, he probably deserves to be an odds-on type, even money, maybe even shorter. But I think with his running style and Gulfstream, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's gonna be at his best here. I, I wonder if this genuinely is, you know, he's got basically the points he needs for the Derby. If he wins, great, but if he runs a good second, I think they'll probably be thrilled. Um, and I think the pace could sort of work against him in that. I don't think there's a ton in here. So Forte, he would be my sort of second pick in here. I, he's the most likely winner by a long shot. Uh, Miracolo, the pedigree is there. Uh, I just, to this point, you know, he's, he's just got to run faster. Point blank, no, two ways around it. Maybe it wasn't the best of trips in the Holy Bowl, but he's just got to step his game up if he's going to be competitive here. Blazing sevens. He's probably one of the sneakier ones in here. He's not really that sneaky. Seventh to the morning But, you know, he's run well in really all of his races. Uh, the, the juvenile, maybe it wasn't his best, but I don't want to hold that against him. Uh, Chad's taking his time with him, brings him back here. He knew who was going to be here with Forte. Uh, and they still choose to come in this spot. I, I think he's I think he's probably the co-second most likely winner behind Forte. Won't be surprised at all if he runs well. Interesting that Rosario is here. Uh, Pratt stays out west. Rosario's kind of shaken out of his funk a little bit, too. Don't look now, but we, we all talk about it. When Joel's on a heater, he's as good as anyone. Um, I think Blazing Sevens has every right to be a good three-year-old and um, I'm anxious to see what we get now no you know what let's go with Rocket Can we've already talked about him Cyclone Mischief I don't know what the hell happened in the Holy Bowl but he was dreadful 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 if you can excuse it you've got that one turn race two starts back that he was awesome Litigate who was no match for him that day came back and won the Sam F Davis there are reasons to give him a mulligan you're going to get you know probably at least 10 times the price that he wasn't the Holy Bull in this spot. I just thought he was so bad. It's hard for me to back him. Uh, And dangerous ride. You know, outside draws, no bargain. Stretching out in distance. I I think he's got a lot to overcome at 30-1. to I'm going with Madge. The second time starter for Gustavo Delgado. Javier takes the mound. Stretching out in distance, taking out winners. Got a lot going against him. But aside from aside from a couple, the big names. Who are you afraid of? He's got the figs. Visually, he's awesome. The pedigree says that him winning at seven probably shouldn't happen. He, he wants longer. The good magics are so far outstanding as far as route runners are concerned. Dirt route, 20%. He's 9 for 43 with 11 other second or third place finishes. Turf route. I mean, he's only got three winners on turf to begin with, but they all came going to route of ground. And he's got 10 runners on synthetic routes, and he's 2-2-1 two, two, for his record. So, so far, it seems like two turns and longer, the better for the good magics. You've got Big Brown on the bottom. Puka, she was a turf router. If anything, I think he wants to go longer. And he might be the controlling speed. Assuming Legacy Isle doesn't go, they're taking the blinkers off him, I'm sure he's going to be forward. But I think Madge can clear. And maybe he's the sucker play of the day. But I he thought he ran so eight well eight 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 in that eight debut, eight he 20. beat a well-meant field. There were a lot of good horses in there, or horses that people thought highly of. and Then he humbled him. I think he's I think he's a legitimate talent and again I haven't priced it out eight to one on the line you know do you get let's say forte's evens let's say blazing sevens is you know right around his morning line seven to two do you get six to one I could see he in general Jim flipping I could see him being 5 or 6 to 1. I could see General Jim being like 8 to 1, somewhere thereabouts. I'll price it out on the plane, but I, I think I think Madge is is very talented, and he's where I'm going to go in the Fountain of Youth on Saturday at Gulfstream, rounding out Fountain of Youth Day, big day, graded stakes races all over the place, left and right, um, many wagers that you can hook everything up with as well. Uh, let me know your thoughts on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt or Beneath the video player on YouTube about both of these three-year-old prep races on Saturday. One at Santa Anita, one at Gulfstream. Fountain of Youth in the San Felipe. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, five-star rating, one-star rating, three-star rating. I don't care. Just give us give us some feedback. Uh, beneath the video player on YouTube again or on Twitter, at Bernie underscore Matt. I am on my way down to South Florida. Friday, I will be on for the First half of the card at Gulfstream. Uh, Saturday, I will be on for the first half of the card. And then I'll have to, I'm reporting for a couple races as well. And then Sunday, I'm on for the final six. I got to report for one race early on, but I'm on for the final six on Sunday, which coincides with the Rainbow Six that needs to be forced out. And who knows, if it doesn't get scooped in the next few days, uh, it could be a giant, giant pool. And there's a horse in the nightcap on Sunday that I'm betting everything I've got on. I think he is, there's a bunch of really nice first-time starters in that race. There's one horse in that race that uh, I'll probably make an irresponsibly large wager. You'll have to watch the fight. Uh, thanks again, as always, for listening. Best of luck however you play, whatever you play, wherever you play. It's been episode 151 of The Map Room.